Trinity. Um, who is the Trinity? What is, what is the Trinity? One of the things that I've noticed, um, oh, probably over the last several years, but when people talk about God, everybody has an opinion. Everybody has an opinion. It's my observation that I think we basically make God in our image. Whatever anybody thinks, well, this is what God is. This is who God is. Or, and, and very seldom do I find that God in, in what people say, this is God, is it based on any scripture or any truth? Um, we have a family member who has, um, sends a lot of information over the Internet, and he's always commenting about God, and, and uh, he has a tremendous opinions about who God is. One of the interesting things is he says, that he thinks the Bible is just somebody's idea. So his whole concept of God is based on who he thinks God is. So he makes God in his image. God is whoever he thinks he is. And I thought, well, how convenient. But how wrong. How wrong. How wrong to think that we can make God in our image. So I want to take some time. We're going to talk about the Trinity, and then I'm going to talk about the three parts of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I want to talk about them. But today, we're going to talk about the Trinity in general. In Isaiah, the 55th chapter, the 8th and the 9th verse, it says, God says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And so I believe that we need to see that, you know, we got to come to a place where we say, okay, God, you're higher than we are. You know more than I know. Your word is true. And so if I want to know who you are, I need to find out from your word and what you say about who you are, not who I think you are. Now, who I think he is sometimes is real comfortable because, you know, when it's just about me thinking, I can make God any way that makes me happy. And if you watch, that's what people do with it. When they make God in their image, they make it so they end up happy. And they, up, they end up being in a place where like, oh, I can accept this God because now he's the way I want him to be. And how dangerous, how dangerous that is. And I like the scripture in Exodus. In Exodus, it's, it's one of one of, well, I always say one of my favorites. You know, we, I suppose we have a lot of favorites. But in Exodus, the third chapter, in Exodus, the third chapter, Moses said to God, he says, when I go to the children of Israel and I tell them the Lord, the God of our fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent to you. I am who I am. Isn't that interesting? I love that. You know, when he says, well, who are you? And he says, I am who I am. You know, don't be, don't be adding to it. Don't be changing it. I am who I am. And that's what God says. And so it's up to us, I believe, then to find out what he says. Who is he? Who is he? Who is, who is this God that we talk about? Who is this God? When people say God, I mean, when people say, well, God, in various ways, they use his name, sometimes not so good. But even when they're trying to say, well, we need to pray to God, what does that mean? What does that mean? I think a lot of people throw that out. You hear it on TV a lot. You hear it in places where, you know, God. 
But when you start to define God, that's where it gets really sticky. It doesn't get sticky, but that's where it starts to divide things. When you define, who is this God? Who is this I am who I am? That's when things start to change. If God is just a big name for lots of different people who we make up in our own minds, everybody's happy. Everybody's happy. We're all happy. We all have the same God. It's all one big God, and everybody's just all one big happy family. But when you start to talk about who God says he is, and I believe that's based upon his word, then it starts to change things. It starts to change things. And so let's look in the beginning um, when God created. You know, that's one of the things that defines, you know, well, if the God that we believe in is the God who created. Well, you know, for a lot of people, God is a lot of things, but he's not the creator because it all evolved. So that, ev- that eliminates God the creator. But we find that in Genesis, in the first verse of the first chapter, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So we find that God created. And when God was creating, it says, the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So at least mentions two parts of the Godhead, God the Creator and God the Spirit. And then on in verse in chapter 1, verse 26, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So who's God talking to? God said, God said let us. So God was, there, there's more, that, you know, there was God, but he said, who, let us create. Well, being the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So God said, let us make man in our image. He didn't say, let man make God in man's image. It says, God said, let us make man in our image, in our image. And so we're made We're made in God's image. And God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit were there in the beginning. Because we know that God the the Son was there because in John, the first chapter, John, the first chapter, beginning at the first verse, it says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning, remember Genesis 1-1 started in the beginning, John 1, 1 starts, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made. He was with God, and there was nothing made without him. And then we find in John 1, 20, in John 1 uh, 14, then it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So in the beginning was the word. And then in John 14, it says, and the word became flesh. We know that the word is Jesus, Jesus, the son of God. So in the beginning, when God created, it tells us that Jesus was there because in the beginning was the word. and The word was with God. The word was God. Jesus was there. The spirit of God hovered over the waters. 
and God created. So when God said, let us make man our image, that's because God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit were all there. They were all there. They were all there at creation. They were all there from the beginning. Three. Three and one. Now, three and one. Very difficult maybe for us to kind of get that. I don't understand how you can be three and then you're one. You know, I don't understand that. Do you know that you don't have to understand a lot of things? Now, we can, we can sit, we can try to define it, and we can try to make it understandable. But there's points where the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. Sometimes I think we spend an awful lot of time trying to understand and not just accepting by faith. Now, that's just kind of an opinion. I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with learning and understanding and trying to know. But I think there's limits to our ability to do that. Because God says, my thoughts aren't your thoughts. And my ways aren't your ways. Actually, mine are a whole lot higher. So we can, we can get to places where we can understand that. But I believe there's limits to our ability to understand some things. That we accept them by faith. And the Bible says we need to have faith like a little child. What do children do? If you tell children that God is three and they're all one, children go, okay. You know, they, 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 don't, they don't have enough whatever to question all that. They're, okay, they'll accept that by faith. If you tell adults that and they'll go, I don't get that. I don't know if that, I don't know. That's, I just don't understand that. And I believe that there's places where we have to just go, look, it's three in one, and that's just the way it is. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And he said, let us make man in our image. Very interesting that when God created us, how did he make us? He made us in three parts. We have a body, and that's the part we know the best. We know our body the best. It yells the most. It yells when it's hungry. It yells when it's thirsty. It yells when it's tired. It yells when it hurts. Our body is always talking to us. So we're very aware of our body, and we're very conscious of that part of us. Then the Bible says that we have a soul. We have a soul. We have a, we have a inner being. We have a personality. We have emotions. You know, I cry. I laugh. I'm happy. I'm sad. I'm angry. We have an emotional side. We have that part of us. And then the Bible says that we have a spirit part of us. And when God created us, he created us in his image. God is a spirit. And so when God created us, he created us spirit beings. Spirit beings are different than the rest of creation. Animals do not have spirits. Animals have instinct. Animals have very limited, you know, I, I don't know. You know, we could get in a big argument about animals thinking. I don't know if they think. I think they have instinct, okay? I don't know that they have reason. If you try to reason with your dogs and cats, I don't know. I don't know how that goes. You can train them. You can train their behavior. But I don't know that you can reason with them. You know, I think that's very limited. So we're the only one that has created a spirit being. Okay? Jesus died on the cross for those that are created in his image. Okay? 
because we're his. We're his children. We have a relationship. We're spirit beings. Okay? So he died on the cross for us. In 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians, Chapter 5, verse 23. It says, Now may the peace of may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, Paul says, Your whole spirit, soul, and body. Okay? So if I have a spirit and I have a soul and I have a body, am I three parts? I have three parts, but it's still just me. Interestingly enough that God made us in his image, and his image, he has a, a father, the son, the Holy Spirit, three in one. And when he created man, he created us with a body, a soul, and a spirit, three in one, in one. And so, you know, in a lot of ways, our image is, is like that of the Trinity, where we have three parts in one, three parts in one, body, soul, and spirit. I believe for most of us, like I said, we, we know our body real well because it talks the loudest. It, it, it always is speaking to us. Um, I think we know our souls pretty well because, you know, we're feeling all the time. We're always feeling. Feeling happy, feeling lots of things, feeling emotions. We get very emotionally connected. I believe that the part of us that we know the least is our spirit. Probably that's the part we should know the most. That's the part we should know the most. Because we walk by the Spirit. What does that mean then? We walk by the Spirit, not by the flesh, not by the emotions. We're to walk by the Spirit of God, not by how I feel. Do you know there's a big difference? There's a big difference. Because I don't always feel like doing the right thing. I don't always feel like doing what God wants. If it depends on feelings... Boy, you know, it's got to be 72 degrees, sun shining, no wind. I mean, you know, then I feel really good. This is the, and then I can say, this is the day the Lord has made. Because it's perfect the way I want it. My spirit says, when it's rainy, cloudy, gloomy, my spirit says, this is the day the Lord has made because the Lord made it. See, you walk by the Spirit. You listen. See, my, my, my flesh and that part of me is different in my spirit. The Bible says the Word of God separates them. The Word of God comes and it separates the soul and the spirit. It's sharp like a two-edged sword. Why does it do that? It's because my, my flesh and my soul is always wanting to do it my way. And the Word of God comes along and says, no, no, that's not the way it's supposed to be. And so we need to really see that, you know, it's the spirit part of us that we need to really focus on. It's just that part of us because we're made in God's image. God is a spirit. He made us like him. What happens when we die? The Bible says that our spirit goes to be with the Lord. And then he's going to come back one day. He's going to resurrect the bodies. Now, most of us get really excited because, you know, we're going to get new bodies. See, that's that body part of us. We're right, right away, we're right back to that same thing. Oh, man, I can hardly wait. I can hardly wait to get a new body. You know, it won't ache. It won't hurt. It'll be just perfect. And that's going to be neat. But it's just as neater, neater that our spirit goes to be with the Lord. You know, that's, that's the part of us. That's the part of us. When we're born again, we're born of the spirit. 
You know, when we're born again, we become new. Where do we become new? We become new in our spirit. You know, someday we're going to get a new body. But right now, this is it. Right now, this is it. But I can still have a, be born again of the spirit. You know, I can have that new life in this old body. You know, in this body. So we see that, you know, God is three. God is three. And he created us. So then we see in John, the third chapter, we'll look at a couple more places where it refers to the fact that God is, is three parts. In John, the third chapter, beginning at the fifth verse, Jesus answered, he's talking to Nicodemus, and he says, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. So he talks about being born again, and he says we're born again of the Spirit of God. Of the Spirit of God. He's talking about that part. He says the Spirit of God causes us to be born again. The Spirit of God comes, and he speaks to us, and he draws us to God. And we're born of the Spirit. Okay, then later on in John, the third chapter, the 16th verse, is a verse we're very familiar with. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So it says that God loved the world. God the Father loved the world so much that he sent his Son. God the Father sent his Son and what did he do? He sent his son to die on a cross so that we could be born of the Spirit. All three of them. All three of them working for our salvation. For our salvation. Now, not separated, but all working for our salvation. You know, all, all apart. We couldn't have been, we can't be born again unless Jesus came and died on a cross. Because he paid the price that redeemed us back to the Father because we were in a broken relationship. Everybody's in a broken relationship. We're all the same there. We're all in a broken relationship, separated from God. And God so loved the world that he sent Jesus to die on a cross so that we might be born again of the Spirit of God. Of the Spirit of God. There has to be that relationship, and it's a spiritual relationship because God is a spirit. We have to have that relationship with him. We have to be born of the Spirit. It's not so that we become religious. He didn't say, you got to take a test. You know, you got to know enough answers. You got to act like a Christian. You got to live a certain way. You got to give so much. You got, you know, he didn't say none of that. He says we have to be born of the Spirit of God. And it's a spiritual, I want to say happening. I don't know what else, how else to call it. There has to be that spiritual relationship. We're born of the Spirit. God's Spirit has to work in us and draw us to Him. And we're born again. We're born again. And it takes God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit working in our hearts and drawing us to Him so that we can be born again. In Matthew, in, uh, excuse me, in Mark, the 14th chapter, Mark, the 14th chapter, the 61st verse. 
it says, talking about Jesus when he was being brought to trial, it says Jesus kept silent and he answered nothing. And again, the high priest said to him, are you the Christ, the son of the blessed? Big question. Are you the Christ, the son of God? And Jesus said, I am. I like I am. Well, it reminds me back in Exodus, I am who I am. And he said, are you? And he says, I am. And then he said, and you will see the son of man sitting at the right hand of the power and coming with the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes and said, what further need do we have of witnesses? You have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? And they condemned him, be, condemned him to be deserving of death. What caused Jesus to be brought to death and crucified on a cross? The fact that he claimed to be the Son of God. He says, who are you? Are you the Christ, the Son of God? And he says, I am. I am. Well, to them, that was blasphemy. All Jesus was saying, that's my position. That's who I am. God the Father, God the Son. And where did it get him? On a cross. Because he claimed he was God. He claimed he was God. And, and in some ways, you know, I can understand the little bit of them saying, wow, that's blasphemy. Nobody's the son of God. You, know, you can't be saying that. The only thing about it was he was the Messiah. He was the one that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He's the one. And it caused him to die on a cross. And I believe sometimes that it shows us about how important it is that we understand the Trinity and we understand who God is because it ended up getting Jesus crucified. That's what got him crucified was because he said he was, he was the Son of God. And then we find in the New Testament, Paul, Paul taught. And he taught, and he always talked about the Trinity. Um, a couple of spots I want to share with you today is in Romans, the eighth chapter, the third verse. Paul says, for what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh. See, the law, you know, you can, you can make laws, but what does it say? What the law could not do because it was weak. Why was the law weak? Well, it was our flesh. Because we can't keep the law. Our, our flesh, you know, we, we can try to be good, but you can try as hard as you want to be good, but you're not going to be good enough. It's going to be, you're going to fall short of the law. Okay, but it says, for what the law could not do through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. So what the law could not do because we were weak, we, we can't keep the law. All the, you know what the law does? The law does, all it does is show you you're a lawbreaker. I mean, if you, look at the old, if you look at the Ten Commandments, and I don't care how good you are, you can say, well, I'm, I'm good. I don't, you know, I don't do that stuff. I don't rob. I don't kill people. You know, I remember the Sabbath. You know, you, I keep the law. Well, Jesus came along. What did he say to the Pharisees that said they keep the law? He says, well, you say thou shalt not kill. Well, how about if you have hatred towards your brother? It's the same thing. Oh, come on. You know, because what the law couldn't do because of our sinful flesh. We can't keep the law. The law points out the fact that we can't keep it. That's what it does. If you understand it, it points out the fact that we're short. We come up short. 
But when the law couldn't do, God did by sending his son. Again, God the Father, it talks about sent his son. And then, and then in verse 11, he says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, okay, so now the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, where is it? He dwells in us. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the Spirit who dwells in you. Again, Paul in this short section of verses, he talks about God the Father sent his Son. And now he says, and the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The neat part is, where does he end up? He ends up dwelling in us. He ends up dwelling in us. And what does he do? that he speaks to our spirit. He speaks to our spirit because we're spirit beings. Now we're, the Bible says we're united, we're united with Christ, you know, spiritually, spiritually. So now, now the spirit of God dwells within us. So we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, what they do and how they act. How, we, how, do, they, how do they act concerning us? How do they act concerning us? Because to me, you know, just the fact that we got God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, if they're just off somewhere doing their thing, that really doesn't do us any good. But the reality is, now they dwell in us. The Spirit of God dwells in us. And I believe when the Spirit of God dwells in us that he wants to do some things. You know, he's just not, it's not just like he's got a little seat down here somewhere. I don't know where it is, but he's got a little seat and he just sits around, you know, in case I need him, because that's sometimes how we treat him. Like, you know, in case we need something, he's handy. I believe the Spirit of God now wants to speak and he wants to do things. We're to walk by the Spirit. So we've got to listen to that Spirit that dwells within us. We've got to listen to that and not, not the voices around me and in me. The things I hear, the things I think. And let me share this. The things I've been told over the years. That's a big one. The things I've been told over the years. How I've been raised. The, the society, the culture I'm in. How I think things are. And now the Spirit of God wants to say, no, this is how it is. This is truth. This is reality. And I believe that's important for us as Christians. And the last scripture I want to share is from 2 Corinthians, the 13th chapter. 2 Corinthians, 13th chapter, the 14th verse. Paul, in closing the letter to the Corinthians, he says this, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. How did Paul close this letter to the Corinthians? He says, first of all, he says, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the grace of God who saved us, the grace that is freely given to us, the grace that's ours, not because of who we are or what we've done, but the grace that God has given. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he says, may the love of God. What's the love of God? God so loved the world that he gave the love of God, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit with us. Communion, that means being there with us to guide us and direct us and speak to us. 
May the community of the Holy Spirit. He says, may all of that, and he's really saying, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, may they be with you all. Amen. That's, that's the blessing he had for the church. And he speaks of the triune God. And he speaks that. So, so it's important that we know that there are three in one. God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And then we can begin to know, well, who is God the Father? Who is he? Who is God the Son? Who is God the Holy Spirit? What does it mean to me? What difference does it make? Does it make a difference? Does it matter? Well, I think it does because God said, I am who I am. I have a feeling God gets very upset when we mess with that. That's just my opinion. You know, I think he doesn't like us changing that. You know, I think think in a lot of ways we're treading on thin ice concerning this whole thing. As a, as a people, as a culture, however you want to look at it, as a nation. I believe basically we've been making God in our image probably, oh, I don't know, probably it's always happened. But I believe that there was a great start of making God in our image when a lady from Rossford, Ohio, said God is dead. A lady from Rossford, I'm always amazed at that. A lady from Rossford, Ohio, said God is dead and started, I believe, a move a move of ungodliness in our nation. And when she said God is dead, what happened? Well, God is dead. Let us make man and let us make God in our image. Now since God's dead, now we can make him like we want him to be. Now we can define who God is. We can decide how he acts. We can decide who's his children, who's not his children. What we're finding now, I believe, is now in our country what we're finding is Christians are very narrow-minded. Christians are narrow-minded and hateful people. You know why? Because we think God is a God who he says in the Bible that he's the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, that he sent his only Son to die on a cross and his Spirit dwells in us. And we think he said, I am the way, the truth, and life. He's the only way. We're narrow-minded and hateful. We can't say that, well, God is just there for everybody. He just loves everybody. We can't say that. Yes, he does love everybody. But he's also a just God. And there's going to come a day of judgment. There's going to come a day of judgment. He's going to judge. And with that day, he's going to look. He's, he's not going to say this. This is me. He's going to say, look, I told you I am who I am, and now you're going to find out. That's, that's, that's my, my interpretation. Okay. But, you know, we're narrow. We're narrow-minded. We're not loving people. You know, how could, how could a loving God, have you ever heard anybody say, how could a loving God send anybody to hell? You know, that just doesn't make any sense because he's just, because he's just. We were all separated from him. A loving God sent his son to die on a cross and pay the price so that we could spend eternity with him. But then what we do is we go, no, I'm going to do it my way. No, I don't like that. And so I believe this, this whole issue becomes very critical. Becomes very critical for us to know, who is God? Who is God to you? Who is the I am to you? Who do you say he is? Who you think he is? Who you want him to be? Or do you say he is who he says he is? 
And so in the next few weeks, we're going to just take a look at, at who this God is. And you know what? When we're all done, it's bigger than whatever we're going to study. You know, I, we're, we're going to look at it and study it, but I just want you to know when we're done, we didn't even touch the surface. He's bigger, bigger, bigger than anything we can probably study, but doesn't mean we shouldn't learn about him. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, we just thank you that you are who you are. Lord, I just pray you'd help us to know you. Lord, help us not to make you in our image, but Lord, that we might know who you are, who you say you are, who your word says you are. Lord, help us to learn from you. Lord, we thank you that you loved us so much that you sent your son to die on a cross so that we might have life. And we thank you that now your spirit can abide in us so that we can listen to you and allow you to work in our lives and follow you. Lord, we just thank you for that. Thank you for being with us. Lord, I pray if anyone has a need for prayer this morning, Lord, you encourage them to come up and let Tom and Pam pray with them. And Lord, we just thank you for your blessing. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. We do have to pick up chairs.